Welcome to podcast number 120 of my favorite detective stories. Today's date is February 2nd, 2020, and I'm your host, John A. Hoda. Today's guest is James D.F. Hanna. James is a Seamus Award-winning author of the Henry Malone novels, as well as the novel The Righteous Path. A native of eastern Kentucky and southern West Virginia, Hanna was an award-winning former journalist and columnist before moving into the governmental public relations. He lives with entirely too many cats in Louisville, Kentucky. It is my pleasure to bring on my friend, James D.F. Hanna. Welcome to My Favorite Detective Stories. My Favorite Detective Stories features crime fiction writers who discuss their latest books and what makes their fictional detectives tick. Throughout my investigative career spanning five decades, I cannot think of a time that I didn't have a good crime novel on my coffee table or bedstand. We will also talk about their favorite authors as well. On alternating weeks, we are introducing a new podcast, How to Rocket Your PI Business, featuring successful private investigators. They offer insights into their careers and advice for those just starting out or for those who are struggling. We will learn from the best. And of course, we cannot finish the show without asking them to share a few of their favorite detective stories and sage marketing tips. As a working investigator, coach, and writer, I hope to bring you inspiration, information, and entertainment in the areas that interest me most. Gather around my campfire as I invite you to listen in. This episode of My Favorite Detective Stories is brought to you by my own crime thriller with a mystery twist, Odessa on the Delaware, introducing Marsha O'Shea to my debut novel. A Russian gang enforcer is on a murderous rampage to take over the entire Philadelphia mob scene. A homeless vet doesn't know that he has the proof or that he's next on the list. The stakes are high for this deadly cat-and-mouse game set on the bleak, Philly waterfront of years gone by. FBI agent Marsha O'Shea, a gunslinger from the Miami drug cartel days, is back in her hometown, quietly finishing out her career, but is now drawn into this case with a secret pushing her doggedly to follow the clues, only to uncover a greater secret that may get her killed in the final showdown. I'm excited to talk about Odessa on the Delaware, and for my readers and listeners, it is now free at my website, www.johnhoda.com. I'm glad to offer this book to you as a way of introducing you to FBI agent Marsha O'Shea because the series with her continues with Clearwater Blues, Detroit Wheels, and West Reading Traffic. Hi, James. Welcome to the show. Hey, John. How are you? Just fantastic. I'm doing great today. And uh, I was going to ask you as we record this, today is uh, December 14th, 2020. Uh, midway through December, I was just going to say, uh, how is it down there in Kentuck? We we are hitting uh, prime December weather. It is gray and cold and uh, expected to keep being gray and cold uh, through through uh, through Christmas, I think. Okay, maybe you'll get a white Christmas. Can only hope. Maybe, maybe. For me here in southwestern Connecticut, uh, we're between storms. Uh, we had a storm come through today, left a very nice sunset. And then uh, late Tuesday night into Wednesday morning, the uh, forecasters are salivating over the fact of some major storm coming up the coast. So I've seen a lot of uh, pickup trucks with their snow plows out on their front. So I know that uh, that's probably the better harbinger of what's going to happen. Let's let's go back to, uh, I guess it was either September or October of 2018. We were in Dallas. We were at Mystery Writers of America conference. And at that conference, the Seamus Awards are awarded by the Private Eye Writers of America, which were members. And at we sat at the table together. You were a nominee in 2019 for Best uh, Original Private Eye uh, Paperback. And and unfortunately, uh, the judges did not seem fit to uh, award you with the award then. What, to my surprise, this year I opened up uh, Elections in the Private Eye, which is our newsletter, 
and I see your smiling face on the cover <laughs> as the winner of the uh, Seamus Awards 2020 for Best Original Private Eye Paperwork. And the title of the novel is Behind the Wall of Sleep by yours truly, James D.F. Hanna. And I said, oh, man, I got to get him on the podcast. We got to talk about this, you know, so. Uh, well, when did you find out about it and tell me, and tell me, uh, all that story. Well, so, you know, since the, the world's been, uh, weird, uh, the, the, these last eight or nine months, Mm -hmm. I had, I had submitted the book, uh, for, for competition this, you know, for the paperback original, uh, awards again, I thought, you know, I'd, I'd give it a try. I, I, you know, I, I put out two Henry books last year. Okay. Uh, and this one had actually come out around the time of Khan last November. Okay. And so I thought, well, I'll, you know, the, the, the judges were, were kind. I was, you know, a self-published writer. I, I, I was up against a lot of very good writers uh, the previous time, decided, well, we'll, we'll give it another try. And was, was really wonderfully surprised when I was nominated. Um, really did not i mean i i did not expect the nomination and and it and it goes back to that that thing of like the nomination is really the honor and it's really an honor when you know you're a self-published writer and you're competing against uh traditionally published writers mm-hmm. so or another word heavy hitters yes <laughs> i mean every you know, the the competition both years, and I hate to say the competition because I don't believe writers were, were in competition with each other. Mm-mm. We're all we're all in this together. Uh, but the other writers in the category were all excellent writers. They were former nominees, former winners. Uh, you know, uh, so I was was really wonderfully shocked uh, when I got nominated. Well, I found out that I had one that I had gotten the award uh, randomly when one of the other uh, writers who was nominated reached out to me on Facebook and he was, he said, Oh, it was Rick Helm. Uh, And he said, congratulations. I understand you won. And it's nine o'clock on, you know, in the morning. And I have no idea what he's talking about. (laughs) Well, so, and, and and just to rewind this a little bit, so uh, Lawrence Block, who is uh, one of my absolute favorite crime novelists of all time, I think, you know, his Matt Scudder novels are, are probably some of the finest P.I. novels ever written. Uh, oh, I'll correct you on that. They are. Yes, <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, I mean, there's just um, an incredible books, and I, and, and by my own admission, uh, you know, the, my Henry Malone books owe a massive debt uh, to Mr. Block. And so, go ahead. Uh, so, I, uh, I had on my epitaph, I, you know, I had on my Twitter account something that my epitaph would be uh, two times Seamus nominee. And so, the day before, like, at, like, I don't know, it was like two o'clock in the morning or something. Uh, something showed up on my Twitter account that he had responded and said I needed to change my epitaph. Two and in I the morning. No, it, it, yes, it was a ridiculously odd time, and I was like, I had no idea what to talk about. So then, seven hours later, Rick Helms messages me on Facebook and he's like, "Congratulations, you won!" And I was like, "What?" <laughs> it was just I, I was so so shocked. I was so stunned. Uh, because, you know, uh, the, the writers in the category were all top tier, all top tier writers, you know, who, who've all been nominated uh, for Seamus's and, and, and Anthony's and, and various, you know, crime fiction awards who, who, who've won these awards, you know, who have done this, you know, for years and years and years. And I'm only, I'm like five years into this. Mm-hmm. so. Uh, when it started filtering out and people, you know, it's like, well, yeah, what had happened was the newsletter had gotten to some people, I guess, before others. Okay. So whatever Pony Express delivers the newsletters had apparently gotten to like Lawrence Block, 
and uh, Reed Farrell Coleman. Reed Farrell Coleman was actually the uh, the person who let Rick know uh, who the winners were because okay. uh, Reed was congratulating people on Facebook. So, so uh, you get a it was uh, just so you get a uh, a, uh, a sort of a sideways compliment from my idol Lawrence Block at night and quite not and wondering if you had done something wrong. I I have no yeah exactly no no context for that. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next day uh, you're getting a phone call saying congratulations you've won and you want yes. and, and you want to make sure that it wasn't a prank call that you know it wasn't a uh, a uh, East Af or West African uh, email scam. But, you know. <laughs> Well, so I, and and I was I was very reluctant to to say anything about it because I wanted to be sure mm-hmm. I wanted to be positive about it right because I felt like there was no chance that I I I, I, I that I could could have gotten it and so then uh, I believe it was uh, J D Allen who was also nominated for the category she had got she got her newsletter and she was like yep there you are you won okay and I was like well hell uh. Well, I have this is this is where I have to make a uh, tongue-in-cheek comment, and that is, um, oh, your post office must have used <laughs> your your uh, uh, newsletter with a mail-in ballot. Ha <laughs> ha! <laughs> After all, you're from the fine state of Kentucky. Ah, uh, yes, yes. I didn't want to go there, but I couldn't <laughs> resist a, a mail joke and not getting what you should have gotten. So I'm sorry. But anyhow, um, you mentioned Henry novels, and we know what we're talking about. We're talking about Henry Malone, but that's what I want to just say because you said Henry novels, and so Henry is your guy. I mean, he's your private investigator. Uh, love him, hate him, and uh, enjoy him. Um, so pick up where you know. Just give us a little brief synopsis on the what happened previous to this one, and bring us up to date with uh, behind the wall of sleep. So. The, the previous four novels before this have really sort of been that introduction, Henry becoming, and so my, my character is Henry Malone. He's a former West Virginia State Trooper, recovering alcoholic. Okay. Uh, very grumpy, uh, you know, snarky, sarcastic uh, individual who uh, retired after he, he uh, had his uh, knees shotgunned out from underneath him. Oh, lovely. Yes. He must know when the weather's going to change. <laughs> and so I, you know, I've, I, I had put him through the first four books and the first, you know, which was really uh, him figuring out, okay, I'm, this seems to be where my life is going, uh, going into private investigation. Now, of course, he's a private investigator in a small town. Uh, so he, you know, deals with a lot of what is interesting with, uh, Private eye novels, private eye novels, uh, traditionally being sort of like that story of an outsider mm-hmm. who comes in and uh, in, in influences change. The you know private eye novels are always about you know shifting the the paradigm on many levels, uh, whereas you know like traditional police procedurals are about reaffirming you know that norm. Uh, here's Henry, who you know exists as part of that. He he is a person who's lived in Parker County, West Virginia, uh, grew up there, and then came home. So he you know isn't really an outsider, but he kind of is because he he left and came back. Right. So he finds himself in in this book, book five, uh, getting hired by uh, the guy who owns the local strip club in town, the Cherry Bomb. Okay. To, to investigate a holdup at a country concert that happened a few nights early. And so th- this also serves to uh, a dual purpose because the, uh, the strip club owner, who's a guy named Wallace Bingham, but everyone calls him Bada, as in Bada Bingham. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a little homage to the Sopranos. Exactly. Uh, Bingham wants him to run for sheriff of Parker County. And, you know, former state cop, uh, does he know that he's uh, not on the sauce anymore? He does. Okay. Henry's, Henry's pretty 
very honest about that. But what also comes into play in this is that uh, Bingham uh, is concerned because he knows that there, and this is a, a story that I will be playing out over the next several books, is that there's a, a criminal organization that's starting to move into Parker County. So uh, Bingham sees Henry as an option to be able to, to push back again. He has a vested interest in it. He does. So Henry finds himself investigating this, uh, this concert, you know, this holdup at this concert, which was a robbery of the money room, the money county. And as Henry's investigating that, he finds, you know, more and more about the, this concern that Bingham has about this criminal organization. And also questioning whether or not, you know, he wants to be sheriff, whether he wants that much responsibility. Yeah, it's a little different. I know as a working private eye, it's a little different. You know, you only have to have one customer happy, and that's the customer that's paying you. And, exactly. Uh, and I say relatively. You can't always get what you want. Know, sometimes it means that you're not going to do things wrong. You're not going to so toward in order to meet some of their goals. But essentially, you have one customer. And now, if you're going to run for sheriff, you have about power. Right? And exactly. The politics of a small town, which could drive you nuts. So I, I get that. I, I can understand his. Uh, uh, what? You tell me the word. So, <laughs> so, it's, it's, ambivalence? It's, it's a, it, yes, it's a lot of. It's a lot of. Uh, there's a, a level of reluctance. Henry's not sure about this uh, because it also, you know, this this quandary also. Uh, leads him into a level of conflict with the uh with his partner with his 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 love interest in the books uh uh Lily who is also the principal of the local high school hmm. and she worries about Henry uh but she also knows that Henry is a, in a constant internal dialogue on how on what is the right thing to do so it there's there's several overlapping forces at play in the book but the main the main story is really about this investigation into a uh, into the into the music into the concert and the hold up but of course as with any pi novel the story isn't actually about the story. It just is the the machine to explore other avenues, and that's the perfect vehicle for it. And uh, and and you're fleshing out Henry a lot more now by book five. A lot of the other characters are starting to get uh, uh, some love. They're, uh, I'm sure your readers are saying things about how they like other the other characters in your your novels, why they they should part of it sure of henry they they have I, I i get a lot of comments people uh enjoy the uh the relationship henry has with lily uh which you know i do uh i do admit probably owes a little bit to how uh robert parker had his relationship with spencer and susan mm. uh lily being though a little more headstrong and stubborn than the way Susan was uh, eventually portrayed well, uh, also, in the later books. And also, you know, she's the principal of a high school. That's a little political position, too, so she has to have some thicker skin. Too. Exactly. Yeah, I get that. No, I get that. That's that's a good energy. I like the way you bring in Parker. Uh, so, uh, the uh, book is now uh, not only nominated, but is a award winner. My God, all the back matter that you have to change to <laughs> do that right. And uh, that's what I think Florence Block was alluding to. But yes. uh, but not only did that happen while you were down, but something else happened that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call a fortuitous event. 
down in Dallas while you were down there, before, you know, after your nomination, before anything else was going on. So why don't you just talk about that a little bit? The other surprise. So I was I was really fortunate while I was down there. I got to meet Eric Campbell, who's the publisher for Down and Out Books, which is a really wonderful uh, indie uh, publisher. They're about a medium sized publisher. Uh, situated outside of florida and they specialize in hard-boiled and noir fiction they are uh and and they put out a lot of really uh really great writers they have their their writers have won seamus's anthony's mccavity's you name it i can't i can't pronounce that one word is it silver falchion falcons yes i think it's falchion Falchion. I, i believe um, I'll take your so word I, got, for it. I, I had the opportunity that that's dangerous, John. That's dangerous. <laughs> uh, I had the opportunity to to talk with Eric and Eric. You know, they were interested because you know the the six books, the the five Henry novels, uh, and the standalone, the the Righteous Path, which exists in the same universe as okay. Henry. Uh, all six of those books were self published. And, you know, and I've been plugging those out, you know, putting those out, you know, on a pretty regular basis. I, you know, the first two books came out within about a year of each other. And then those four books between She Talks to Angels, the standalone, and then the two follow-ups, those, all four of those books came out in the span of one year's time. So a little bit of, uh, yeah, and you had to do a lot of. And you were doing all your own publishing, and, at that and, point, and right? I was doing all my own publishing. I had I had I had brought in a really great editor, uh, Casey Berryman from uh, Kingsman Editing. She was editing uh, the books for print for me mm-hmm. for publication, and she brought so much to the table it, uh, as far as not even just like finding like typos and and things like that, but really, you know, helping me figure out little things in Henry's voice. That was, that's, that was, she was just such a, a vital part of that. I could not have, uh, I could not have had the books out and have them as, re- you know, received as well as, you know, thankfully they were received without her, without her help. Um, you know, but, you know, I was formatting books. I was saying the books up for paperback. I was designing my own covers. And I was really interested in, in in seeing if maybe I could find a permanent home for Henry. And so in, in getting to talk with Eric, they were interested in, in picking the books up. And so we worked that out so that uh, the the first Henry book uh, will be re-released on uh, through Down and Out Books uh, in January 2021. So uh you know, here in, in, you know, about a month and a half. I'm not sure when this comes out. Oh, it'll, it'll come out on uh, February 2nd, 2021. Oh, so they, w- okay. they will be out. They, they will already be out. The books will be uh, coming out every other month. So Midnight Lullaby will be the first one. It'll be out in January. And it, then uh, the follow-up to that book, which was Complicated Shadows, will be coming out in March and they'll be coming out every other month and it will be leading up to the next, the, the sixth Henry novel, Henry Malone novel, uh, splendid isolation that should be coming out. Uh, first part of, uh, 2022. Nice. Nice rollout. And for your people that have to get their Henry Malone fix, it's just enough time between that. That's nice. That is really nice. And uh, so the, a little bit of thought went into that because it's not only a matter of uh, relinquishing some royalty rights, percentages. We're not going to talk money other than that, other than the fact that there is that. But uh, it just seems like there was a reason besides giving Henry a home that you felt that there was a benefit for going down and out. Now, just, just to say... Uh, Down and Out's not a you know, 100-year-old publisher with dust on their shelves. They came out uh, after the Kindle came out. They were founded in 2011 out there in Tampa, Florida. So they're, they're new breed uh, small press, right? Would, I, would that be a 
good way of saying it? Yes. So uh, tell me what your what some of the pros and cons were that you thought about Wade, you know, with uh, them coming to you and finally deciding to go with it. So, you know, being self-published, having handled all of this stuff by myself right. uh, for, you know, several years, I was kind of used to, you know, knowing how to play in my own sandbox, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I handled everything. I handled the layout. I handled the covers. Uh, any advertising, promotion, anything like that, all of that was in my words. Was was all of the stuff that I had. Going with the down and out means then that I kind of free myself up to uh, just to be able to write the story. To be able to write the best Henry book that I can write. And, you know, work with them. We can fine tune it, you know, develop the book. And then they understand that market. You know, Down and Out is the publisher that you go to if you like guys like Lehane or Goodis or uh, Parker. If you're looking for PI novels, if you're looking for noir crime novels, you like Elmore Leonard. Mm-hmm. These are, you know, down and outs not going to be the publisher that you look to if you're interested in a cozy mystery. Right. There, you're not going to, you know, find a book there that you know has recipes or cats. <laughs> uh, I, I get it. And, and they are very good at this. I mean, they, you know, they've they've handled a, a lot of writers. They put out. Uh, a fair number of books in the course of a year and they they know their audience they know their market and they work with their writers uh did you uh, interview re- any of the writers that, that i were- I, oh. I did actually i talked to uh, a couple of uh, a couple of writers and and down and out really has a great reputation and i know this is this is very much me sounding like a company man here but the truth is, is you know i knew that i could keep putting the books out myself Mm-hmm. I I did not feel like I had to go to a publisher. That is such a nice place to be in. Um, I knew, you know, if I wanted to, I could just keep writing Henry books and and, and keep putting and keep putting them out, and especially uh, with the she- you know with the Seamus Award, mm-hmm. with the, with even with with the nomination, you know, I I had put the books out had developed a, a, a nice readership. But knowing that, you know, you can, you can work with good people, that you can work with writers you admire, with writer, you know, with, and, and a publisher you trust, that's incredibly valuable. And so I felt really confident in talking with Eric and with Lance Wright, who is the associate, uh, editor, I believe that slams his title. Uh, the second in command, essentially, uh, at Down and Out. I felt incredibly comfortable going to you know coming to them and saying, okay, you know what? Yes, this is this is the home I want Henry to have. Let's let's figure out what we need to do. To your point, James, I think that uh, there's two there's two things that I'm hearing that immediately jump the airwaves. At. One. They can help you polish Henry better. Cover, descriptions, blurbs, editing, developmental editing, structural editing, copy editing, proof. I mean, you can outsource all of that. But with somebody that has, that's on the same wavelength with you, it's not like you have to search out for independence or virtual, virtual assistance to do those things uh, and try to get it you're trying to do this way they're getting it and you guys are together on making better making the best damn book possible and the second thing i'm hearing also after that uh they've got a best practices approach in your genre exactly for your genre they know down to the middle uh, to the, the minutest about their readership their people that are interested in their books and they've got a track record 
with meeting that insatiable desire. So to me, it, it sounded like, yeah, you had to do some, uh, do some thinking about the pluses and the minuses. And we're not going to talk about money part of it, but it just seemed like they, uh, this could be a way to not only give uh, Henry a home, but also a way to make him more discoverable. Uh, given the fact that you've got what five out going on six or six out going on seven, five five Henry books and the standalone, so six. Right. Uh, and, and and that was completely it. I mean, they again, they you know, down and out knows this mark, mm-hmm. and you know, as far as like you you know, getting blurbs, it's it being self published. A lot of times, it can be difficult getting blurbs. Uh, I was really fortunate with uh, my third book, which she talks to angels. I got blurbs from several really excellent writers, Joe Clifford, Dave Zucker. Uh, yeah. Not to... Writers, writers who I admired greatly, you know, who I admire greatly. Um, and Sheila Redling. Uh, these were, you know, just awesome writers. But when you're self-published, Sometimes it's it it is difficult to break through that wall. It 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 can be difficult to get your books into stores. Um, it can be hard, you know, cracking through some of the existing uh, barriers that are there. Not so, only that, the fact that the uh, Kindle has made it uh, more difficult, I think, to be discovered because there are just completely. so many more titles out there and. Depending on uh, the fickleness of uh, a- a- Amazon algorithm, uh, other books uh, might get more of a showcase than than Henry. So here's here's a chance for you to have somebody here back behind you in your corner. That's a good thing in your corner, allowing you to go out there on the canvas and fight the fight, but they're going to take care of you, you know, when you come back between rounds. And part of that is the publishing. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think I could keep writing and writing and writing, but if I kept getting knocked down all the time on my publishing, you know, I'd, I'd wonder how long I'd want to keep up with that. You know, seriously, I, I say that out loud because I want to be a writer. Oh yeah. I also want to be published, but right. You know, uh, I think I have a little bit more control over what's going on into the, into the story plot than I am with how to optimize my Facebook ads. So well and 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 that's the thing. It's like we are we are writers. We are for for lack of a better term, content creators. We Mm -hmm. are Mm -hmm. you know storytellers. We that's that's our niche. That's what we do. And not every mindset is the person who can go and write these, you know, go and write a book, then also figure out how to platform that. And there are some there are some uh, self published writers who uh, are are incredibly successful at it. They have figured out uh, how to write a story, you know, a particular story that you know people want to read, and also figured out how to platform it, how to sell that book. And God bless them; mm-hmm. they they know how to do that. Oh, but there's also a lot of work in there too. Let's there not, there is, and well, and you spend, as a self-published writer, you spend so much time not focused on writing. Right. You spend so much time having to handle uh, the the advertising, the editing, uh, you know, Facebook ad, you know, dealing with the the you know, like you said, the the Amazon algorithm. Mm-hmm. What is the way to best get your book? you know, in front of eyes. Mm-hmm. And you're absolutely right. The Kindle has been great because Amazon opened up the doors and said, you know what, we are, you know, if you can tell a story, you can put it up on Kindle and see what happens. And it is caveat in store, you know, with right. whatever the market will bear. Yep. Uh, which has been great on any level because that was what influenced me to self-publish was that, because I know the type of stories I like to read. Mm-hmm. I I tend to read 
you know, smaller, tighter stories. I'm not going to be the guy writing a 400 page novel because those are not books interesting. Mm. No, I I'm, get it. Yeah. Not interested in big globe trotting thrillers. I like, you know, I know the story, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big Joe Lansdale guy. I appreciate uh, his books because he knows how to tell a human scale story. And Joe Lansdale, uh, does he have a main character? He he does the uh, the hack uh, happen Leonard stories, but he's 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 multi. He's uh, the the happen Leonard novels, but then he's also he writes westerns. He writes horror fiction. He writes everything. Uh, he just uh, had a really great war novel out earlier this year. Better deals, better deals now. I think. Um, so he's he is the epitome of the multifaceted writer. Okay. Now uh, is he uh, self published? No, he's he's. I guess I guess Joe's probably been out there for like forty some years now. Okay. He's yeah he's he's from from down in Texas and he's just he is the epitome of. An old hand who, you know, knows how to tell the story. That's nice. I love that. So, uh, just a brief, briefly, just to get back into the story, tell me about the uh, AA sponsor Woody, because that's his uh, sidekick, right? Yeah. So Woody came about when I was working on the first book and decided that Henry was, uh, you know, and the stories are, you know, in that traditional first-person PI narrative. Okay. And uh, Henry's mind can be a grumpy place to hang out in for a while. So uh, I needed someone for him to uh, talk to more. And since I had figured out that he was in AA, uh, you know, the, the most logical person was his sponsor. And, and this is a pretty familiar trope. For uh, for a lot of PI writers, you know, ever since uh, Parker really introduced it with Spencer and Hawk, the uh, the sidekick character, so to mm-hmm. speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I like, uh, so I, I came up with with Woody, and I uh, affectionately referred to him in the first book as uh, looking like he makes Sam Elliott look like a boy band singer. I love that. That's a great he's, line. He's, you know, so Henry, uh, Woody, uh, Woody's a, he's, and he's always referred to as his well-armed AA sponsor. Huh? Uh, you know, uh, always, you know, pon- ponytail. Everyone keeps saying that he looks like a hippie. Um, he also, but he also rescues dogs and is, is fiercely protective of his dog. And by his extension, of his pack. Mm. So, uh, Woody is probably, to be honest, Woody's probably smarter than Henry and definitely tougher than him. Mm. And, but he's the guy who pushes him. He's the guy who, you know, again, because the books are sort of like this, this struggle for Henry to do the right thing. Woody yeah. would be Woody would be Jiminy Cricket if Jiminy Cricket kept canister bomb uh, canister grenades. <laughs> I get it. That's a perfect. I love that. I love that analogy. I was trying to think of something along those lines, and you nailed it. That's perfect. So uh, I just had to ask because it's so important that. Uh, uh, when your readers are reading, they get a chance to see your character, somebody else's eyes, and gives a chance for them to get a more fleshed out version than the first person count is coming. So I, yeah, I agree with that. Like, so uh, remind me, I think there was a, was it the last novel, one that was nominated? That had that great killer line about the uh, prom girl going. Ah, uh, yes, she talks to angels. Uh, yes, but, uh, I could cheerleader, homecoming queen, heroin addict. That's it. 
Yeah. Yeah, that was it. I love that. Oh, I'm glad that you brought that back. Uh, James is a recurring guest on our show as he keeps uh, getting nominated and gets, keeps <laughs> getting uh, awards. Uh, we're going to keep having him on. So, uh, I'll, I'll do what I can. Well, I mean, let's face it. I was here in the early days. So when you're when you're this, you know, really feeded author, you're going to remember me, I hope, uh, on your travels and your journeys. And uh, so that maybe you, you might just grace me with another uh, interview later. So anyhow. Uh, so I'm just really, well, you know, I, 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 I just have to. So I'm because I know you had my friend Dana King on the show. Mm hmm. Uh, a little bit back, and it, and he said something about he was slotted between Joseph Wamba and another writer, and I can't remember who the other writer. Michael Carita. Yeah, so you know that is that is good company to keep right there. Yeah, it is. And so the fact I you know and and Wamba obviously you know one of the great Michael an amazing writer. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I'm, I'm getting to keep really great company uh, with with the other, you know, with the guests on your podcast. So well, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And it's all done tongue in cheek. I mean, I, you know, the fact is that uh, I love good writing, love good detective stories. I love detectives that, you know, have their flaws. Let's let's face it. Henry's got a few. And uh, I love how. They overcome their own internal demons. They overcome the obstacles put in front of them. And, and they are somewhat of an inspiration. Uh, not somewhat. They are an inspiration that justice can be found, that can be done, and it can happen at the hands of a uh, determined uh, private investigator who's not going to give up. And that, to me, is that's my fix. That's my drug uh, for, oh, God, I, I can't tell you how many years. I rotated between Wamba, uh, Lawrence Block, uh, mm -hmm. Michael Connolly, Martin Cruz Smith with the Arcady Renko oh, novels. Yeah, and uh, Grisham. Grisham was always on my nightstand. And I read Tom Clancy when it was Tom Clancy before it became the, uh, the Marvel uh, universe of uh, <laughs> Tom and other people. Nothing to take away from Mark or some of the other writers, but he, he, you know, I, I, I know Mark. Mark's a great writer, um, and certainly, in his Gray Man books are 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 wonderful. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, Tom Clancy definitely curated a, a, a great, uh, great list of co-writers. So yeah, that's true, and or I don't, I don't know if he was co-written before his passing. That's the thing. Just a name. I believe team. he was. Okay. I believe he was. All right. He, uh, Cl I feel like Clancy, uh, because I mean, you know, obviously Patterson, mm -hmm. uh, you know, really built that as a, you know, working with co writers. And then, you know, writers like, you know, Clancy, uh, the, I can't think of his name, the undersea, right? The, the guy who wrote the Clive Custer. Yeah, Clive Custer. You know, several writers worked with Kessler right. on Kessler's uh, novels up until his passing recently. Friends of ours from uh, that were at the Shamans. Yes, one of the uh, Paul Campanos yes. who was nominated. Paul, who was nominated last year in uh, category, with, right, uh, was one of the you know worked with uh, Mr. Kessler for yeah. for years. So nothing to take away from the co writer. Certainly get, not. Don't Certainly get me wrong, not. but uh, I mean, I just just to get back to what I was saying. I wasn't a real heavy-duty reader. I'm much more of a reader now because now that I'm writing, I want to see the craft, and I'm, right. re I'm reading as a writer. But I got to tell you, when I get to those last uh, 50 pages, you know, <laughs> I'm just uh, I'm, I'm hooked as much as anybody else is, you know. Uh, but back in earlier, uh, I would like I said, I had Block rotating with Connolly, rotating with Wombaugh, rotating with. Uh, Martin Cruz Smith and then Tom Clancy and John Grisham. So I had six different writers there and they all kind of uh, published at different times. So for me, I always had a paperback on my nightstand involving somebody that I really love. So, uh, and now, now that I'm podcasting, oh my, I get to read so many more writers that are, that I love to read 
know, in my genre, and I just love to love their stuff. So it's just opened my eyes to a lot of new people. Um, I don't want to say this, you know, un, un, Im, Im, impolitely, impolitely, but it is true that both Matt Scudder and Harry Bosch both have had their Medicare cards for about 10 years now. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, I'd love to see them. I still love to see them. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I pre-order both of them. I do. Exactly. But I got to tell you, uh, looking at now, a guy out of Wales by the name of Simon McLeave, who writes the Youth Hunter series. Love that to death. Robert Tagoni with Tracy Crosswhite. Oh, yeah. Series. Wow. Robert's books are great. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm getting, because of my reading in this, uh, The Flawed Detectives, I'm getting introduced to more and more writers at the time. And my writing, my reading has gone through the roof. Uh, my Kindle is just chock full. And I love it. I just absolutely love it. I'm so happy that I'm doing that. But anyway, uh, and that's my motivation for podcasting, of course. I get to talk to writers of uh, flawed fictional detectives, and that's my drug. Okay? I get, to, I get high on that. I get high on talking to them about guys, gals. Uh, well, well, what makes those uh, those people tick? And I really enjoy it. And when I get to read it, it's, oh, now I see where they're coming. Oh yeah, I got, I get this now, and I really enjoy it. And, and that's also from investigator standpoint. So you know, I'm still, I'm still out there on the street working on cases. So for me, seeing my fictional detectives overcoming all the obstacles, well, you know, I can go out on a Saturday afternoon and do some field work, you know, because well, they can do it. And nice. at least I'm not getting punched or, you know, dropped off of buildings or, uh, you know, whatever. But anyhow, I digress. Uh, I, I really want to ask, how do people get in touch with you? How can they learn more about Henry? And how can they learn more about Down and Out books? So, so uh, Down and Out uh, is downandoutbooks.com. And uh, that's where... so. Uh, that's where they have their full catalog up at. You can find me on Twitter at James D.F. Hanna. Uh, I'm, I'm, I routinely snark on there. Okay. Um, there's also a, uh, and, and there's an easy link uh, up on my profile and a, a, a pinned post where you can uh, order uh, the, the next book coming out. Okay. Uh, I'll 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 be updating the pin post as you know the next book gets ready. Mm-hmm. Well, you we want to make sure that Lawrence Block gets it first. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I have to tell this story real quick. I, when I got to meet Mr. Block, uh, which is how I'll always refer to him. When I got to meet uh, Mr. Block uh, in Dallas, he was uh, the last day of the conference, and he was sitting there uh, working on something. And I had S.J. Roseanne, who's a wonderful writer, introduce me to him. And I could not form words. Mm. I was just like, Mr. Block, I am so happy. to, And and it was just so embarrassed. And he was so polite and so gracious. And I'm sure about 15 times a day, he's at an event. He has, you know, writers coming up to him or, or fans coming up to him, telling him, you know, how great, he, you know, how great he is. I wasn't probably the first one that day, no. but he was very nice uh, and still let me know early on about my Seamus Award. Um, nice. You can find me, uh, like I said, find me on Twitter at James D.F. Hanna. Uh, there'll be a new website. Uh, by the time this podcast is out, I'll have a, a new website up, jamesdfhanna.com. And uh, any of those spots, uh, Phil, you know, if uh, anyone's interested in knowing more about Henry, let me know. And I'll have a website in the show notes. So thank you for coming on again. I certainly appreciate it. Um, I really thank you again. And congratulations on the award. Thanks so much, John. Thanks for having me back. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. I hope that I've earned your interest and your time. 
you have any comments, please leave them at the website, www.johnhoda.com. That's J-O-H-N-H-O-D-A.com. Our guest next week is Frank Scalise, who writes under the pen name of Frank Safira. Frank served in the U.S. Army from 86 to 91. In 93, he became a police officer in Spokane, Washington. During his career, he worked as a patrol officer, corporal, and detective before entering leadership roles, becoming a sergeant in 2002. He was fortunate enough to command patrol officers, investigators, canine officers, and their dogs, and the SWAT team. Frank retired from law enforcement in 2013 as a captain in order to write full-time and teach. From 2013 to 17, he taught law enforcement subject matter at community college and university and leadership as a national instructor for a prominent police institution. He occasionally teaches a series of writing workshops. Frank earned a BA in history from Eastern Washington University in 1998 and an MS in administration of justice from the University of Louisville in 2012. Frank has held the number one author spot for police procedurals on Amazon. His books are available in all formats, paper book, e-book, and audiobook. In 1995, he started a draft of Under the Raging Moon, which would become the first book in the River City series of crime fiction. Since then, Frank has completed multiple novels set in the River City, a fictional version of Spokane, Washington. In our episode next week, Frank is going to talk about the transition from policing to the private sector some of the things that officers need to think about as they get ready to change careers. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear other great detective stories, please go to the website and click on our podcast page. There you'll find the backlist. Now, you're probably asking, John, what about your own stories? Do you have any? Sure enough, I do. And they are available to you free as a download right to your inbox. I have eight short stories and eight vignettes in the book titled Mugshots, My Favorite Detective Stories. Now, here's my ask. If you were either informed, inspired, or entertained by stories today, don't be bashful. Share this link with your friends. Better still, go to the iTunes website and leave a review. It's the best way to grow the circle around our community. If you have any questions, please contact me through the website, www.johnhoda.com. Hoda.com. J-O-H-N-H-O-D-A.com. Thanks so much. Have a great day.